Welcome to Ragbag. My name's Frank Burton. My guest at this time is Colour. He's been on the show before. He's also appeared on I Like The Sound a few times. He's a prodigiously talented guy. I like that word, prodigiously. That's good, prodigiously. 15 albums in 15 years. And now we're celebrating his latest. It's called One Half. Now, this interview took place a few months ago, and I was yet to hear the new record at that time. So, Colour gives us a lowdown on that. We also discuss some aspects of his previous album, Colortivation, and we'll hear a song from that album as well. But first, let's hear a brand new track from Colour's 15th album, One Half. And so, you know, you're just a child in the dark. You see, you're all alone at night. You know the darkness very well. You see the colors just forming light within the dark. Secret safe until no soul. Every child born in the dark has consciousness to grow. Do not fear the dark in what you may see. For all those images and all those forms are as you are and will always be. Such is darkness, so is light. They're a function of the same. As above, it's so below. So is fear and is Uh, I was, I'm working on my 15th album right now. Um, in the last 15 years, I've released one every year on April 27th. Somewhat sono, sonic autobiographical music. Yeah, April 27th, uh, 2021. You can find it on my website, kula.com, which is C-U-L-L-A-H.com. You can listen to all the other one, all the other albums too for uh, for free. Either uh, you can download them on my site 
uh, anyone who anyone who wants some music for their YouTube videos or for their podcasts or whatever it is, I also release all my music under a Creative Commons attribution license, which means anyone can use my music as long as they just put my name in the description or in the in, in the credits. Um, and yeah, this album is no different. It's uh, going to be released the same way on my website. Um, and I'm actually quite excited about this album. There's a lot of time this year <laughs> for composition. I was going to be on a big tour. On, well, I guess it's 2021, right? But last year, I was going to be on a big tour was, and was coming coming over to England. That was, oh, I was already in the works. I was already working with some bands and already oh, right. some shows and stuff. It was, it was going to be East Coast, West Coast, England, Germany, but um, maybe 2022, maybe. Seems, hopefully. But uh, got to make my way back over there. Regardless, this, the, the music itself, I'm quite excited about. I've been diving deeper into lots of elements of Jungian psychology, and I've been reading a lot of books about uh, early Christian mysticism and, you know, and late Jewish mysticism and stuff uh, of a lot of these new texts that have been found of the Gnostics and um, the Nag Hammabi library and the Dead Sea Scrolls and all this stuff. I'm really, very fascinated with a lot of these old myths and have been studying more about, about a lot of elements of that and trying to incorporate certain myths and storytelling and different types of intentions in my songs a little, uh, and I had a little more time this year to kind of hone in on some of those aspects of things that really kind of strike chords for in, in myself of different ideas and concepts and feelings. And that's kind of the idea about the, the, the year in and year out making music is, it's really just that year in review <laughs> or that year what I was able to come up with you know, that are reflections of my own insight into, into myself and what I'm feeling and how I can reflect what's happening in the world and in myself in that music. And so every year is a little different. And this cool. is the year where it's my half album. It's called half or one half, however you want to say it. That's just one over one over two. Um, and it's half because it's my 30th birthday and my 15th album. So a little bit of a milestone, a little bit of a milestone. So ha happy to, uh, you know, happy to be doing it. So anyone who wants to listen to it, just search Kala on Google and you'll, or wherever it is you listen to your music and I'm sure you'll find it. Cool. And um, si since we last spoke, you had the, um, the Cultivation album out 2020. Yep. It seems to be kind of an, an an expansion upon the eclecticism of your music. I don't know if you'll agree with that or not, but it's kind of like it seems like there's just loads and loads of things going on, and you've got kind of um, then the folky sort of bluegrassy elements within this one as well. Yeah, I mean, every year is kind of like that. It, it, this I try to challenge myself sonically, and although they end up all being very similar types of songs, I'm as I'm ta you know I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I'm learning a little bit more about theory and trying to understand exactly what it is that my instincts are trying to tell me, and my aural training, which is what I had mostly growing up, I didn't have much theoretical training, so I just have this uh, I had years and years of just hearing and trying to replicate, uh, but never really understood what I was doing or even making. 
from a technical standpoint, which, you know, it's good and bad. I've heard lots of arguments, but at this point, I'm trying to expand into more. That's part of the depth of uh, this album and and uh, is is expanding things, you know, trying to challenge myself every year. And there's a couple banjo tunes on this one, and there's some, there's some electronic uh, and almost techno, um, but more housey stuff. Um, and some synth pop, a lot of faster music on this. And I got an outlaw, like rockabilly song about uh, Lucifer, the light bearer, you know, from the early Gnostic stuff and the Milton work, great Englishman, the paradise lost stuff. Just, yeah, just trying to challenge myself with that stuff too. Got a lot of, a lot of variety and that's, I enjoy all that stuff. I like throwing a crazy electronic song right next to a bluegrass tune. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Yeah, that's Dude. nice. It's good. It's it's kind of like it makes it really interesting and it makes it kind of um, unexpected in terms of like you're not you're not going to know what's going to come next. Yeah, I I like that feeling personally. I think my favorite track on the album is the Forgotten song. Yeah, um, I particularly enjoyed that one. Is, is it? What is the? Um, oh, I've just pressed, just pressed the button and it started playing it. Uh, is there a story behind it? A particular kind of yeah. story behind the song? Well, I, there was, but I forgot it. No, I'm just kidding. The, no, it's <laughs> a, it's, it's interesting. Like that, that that one's a little more polished on the album. I think some of it in that was. Uh, I was really happy with that song, and it's very. It's kind of got an English folk vibe. English or Irish folk, you know, six eight and kind of this digga 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 Irish English folk um, thing. I'm a huge fan of Johnny Flynn, and I'm sure there's some influence in there. It was inspired by an Oscar Wilde poem. In, I can't. I don't even remember which one. I just had his collected works, and I was just looking for some inspiration, and a, you know, and try to get something that was reflecting something real in my in my subconscious or in my you know in my state of mind, and just scrolling through some of his poems and I saw one that was like the boat, a boat song or, you know, or boat poem. And then in parentheses for song. And I was like, Hey, a poem for a song. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> and so then I, I saw a couple and I just picked out a couple words and just got inspired by fair wind. There was one like fair winds and um, boat sailing a boat. And so then I just kind of took that premise and, started writing this song with some melodies that I had messing around with. And then eventually it turned into that song, which was essentially, a, it was almost a, a warning to myself or it was, I was going down this relation, this path with this relationship where I kind of knew that it wasn't really going to end the way that I thought it was. And that we were that the, the you know, my partner at the time and myself, we're seeing things from different levels and different um, definitely had different understandings of what was happening with the relationship. And that song kind of was uh, under the understanding of it, but I had written it like right at the time we were starting to date and then it finished by the time I got dumped. So it, was, it worked out because <laughs> it was, it, it, it's a, uh, it's very, the song is basically about um, the, per, you know, the, the person who's, who's um, telling the story about um, really kind of wondering and blaming, putting the blame on, on things and not actually facing to reality. They're a little delusional. And the relationship is this boat represented by this boat and the person singing is wondering, you know, and, 
and wondering if the, in making excuses like, oh, this person must have forgotten amazing, the amazing time that we had on this boat. It was so great. We had this great relationship and we have this great boat together and there's beautiful winds blowing and all this stuff. Um, but then as the song progresses, you realize that maybe that's not the case. And then it switches from blaming the other, you know, being like, oh, you must have just forgotten. And then it changed to like, oh, I forgot. And then you started blaming yourself. So then, so in that song, it kind of like, it, it, it's a, this, this uh, projection, outward fantasy projection kind of turned inside. And then at the end, you, it is kind of this realization that, oh, wait, I, it's actually an I problem. Um, and even at the end of the song, it's not quite clear that the person hasn't figured out their delusions, but um, yeah. like even, uh, you know, thinking that this is this great thing, even being coming aware that this boat that they have is rotten and, but like, but they should still, and she should still enjoy it, even though there's these terrible things and there's a pale blue sun and which is actually the moon. So he's calling the sun, the moon and all this stuff. So this guy is in, in a fantasy really. Um, and the forgotten song is, uh, yeah, it's kind of just this idea of not facing to the reality of things and building your own fantasy around this concept of a relationship as, you know, as, as spoken about through this boat. So, yeah, and it's great fiddle player and upright bass. And it's a, it's a nice song. It ended up, it ended up, I ended up being really happy with that, that song in particular, um, on that album. So
looking back at the song, I'm like, I think this is, <laughs> and it was that same thing. It's like, yeah, I know this isn't going to end well. And so it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I might be that guy. Cause I remember at the time, actually, when I first wrote it, I was like, wow, this is a really beautiful song. I was like, but that doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know who, I don't know where that came from. That must just be some from something else. It's just like, <laughs> it's like totally not a reflection of what's happening in, in, I was like, okay, now I'm like, okay, I need to pay. I think I needed to still, it was still part of the process of like, no, I still need to be delusional. <laughs> I still need to be delusional. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's interesting having the song as that kind of artifact of that time in your life, I guess. And it, it meaning a certain thing at one point and then meaning a certain other thing at a later point. Yeah, the songs have lives of their own in that sense. Like, And then they take on different meaning when people come to me and they tell me their meaning. And then I start like integrating into that too, which is interesting sometimes too, how the songs evolve beyond me. And that and that's part of doing every year and part of that whole sonic um, autobiography is the fact of I can listen to this stuff from, you know, talk about, jar, you know, jogging memories. I listened to my you know, songs from 2006, 2007 or eight. And the, the, if I really go into it in, in a reflective mind state, mind state, or like a, you know, or a meditative state, meditative state where I like can get, yeah, I almost get transported back into those mindsets and into those memories and stuff. And it's really quite interesting, quite powerful for me. Like, you know, it's very, it gets very emotional because, you know, sometimes when I'm, when I'm listening to it, it depends on my state, you know, my intention going into it, whether or not I want that to happen or not. Um, usually I can preface it, you know, just be like, okay, I'm just going to go listen to this. And cause it's just, or I'm listening to cause someone's playing it or it's being played or, I'm, or whatever it is. But sometimes I'll listen to my discography usually after an album or like is released or right before I'm right when I'm done with one, I'll listen to previous ones because I'm just so sick of the one. And I'm like, I'm usually at a point where I'm so sick of it. And I actually like, you know, it, it's like, it's, it goes through stages of development of an album. And when it's, you know, I love it and then I hate it. And then I, <laughs> then I love it. And then I'm just sick of it. You know, there's all these different phases rather or stages, whatever of, and it usually takes me like a, a solid year to two to really um, get back to appreciating this, this album to as it is. Because usually that whole next year, I'm in a very, I'm in a very kind of critical state where I'm listening to it and I'm still hearing all the things that I should have done <laughs> of the yeah, mixing yeah. and the production or like being like, well, yep, I definitely should have re-recorded those vocals before giving it to the mixing, mixing engineer. Like those vocals sound like shit or whatever it is. Um, but after a year or so, it's like, well, that's definitely is what it is. And it's part of, it's kind of nice because I get to abandon the songs a little bit, which gives me some more freedom to just move on and start making some more sounds. Yeah, I, I think that's the way to go with that sort of thing. Because I, I, I feel that way about my own kind of work that I produce in terms of like, um, particularly... Um, it's interesting because um, there's, there's kind of certain stories that I've written that I've kind of rediscovered that I've, I forgot that I'd written them. And I, I don't have any memory of having written that, but obviously it, it was me <laughs> and it was published as me. Right. So um, unless, unless I've got kind of a Jekyll and Hyde thing going on. 
But um, well, yeah. I think it's just a matter of it being kind of 15 years ago. And I don't kind of remember it uh, kind of getting the idea for it or writing the thing. Going back in time for sort of like five or six years, it's kind of like um, I'll kind of rediscover stuff that I've done then. Um, but it kind of feels like it was a different person who was doing it. Yeah, um, But be- because I was a different person then, you know, I was a, I was a, I was a very different person five, even five or six years ago. In a way, I can claim I, I can't claim to have responsibility of those things. And um, the bits that I like about it, I can go, yeah, that's great. I really like that. And the bits that I don't like about it are kind of like, well, that's okay because it was a different guy doing it. I see it as kind of a, a, a double sort of positive. So the negative bits I can just sort of discard and the positive things I can just claim to be victories <laughs> of mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that, that it comes with the territory, right? Like there's failure, you know, constantly be failing. And that's part of doing the, you know, the, the yearly cycle thing. I have no choice, but to fail each year. Right. You know, it's like one way or another, this song is going to be released and whether or not it's this perfect, this perfect thing or not, which it usually isn't, uh, but it's usually good enough. And uh, what, ha- you know, it just kind of has to be really. And and the, it's interesting what you said about like really only having a five to six year memory because it's interesting that because I listen to these old songs and it's like sometimes the memory that gets jogged is the memory of like me remembering it from five years ago. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> yeah. like yeah, like I'll have yeah. a, I'll, the the big memory that sticks out is actually the memory of me hearing it five years ago and and whatever feelings and thoughts that was going on in that moment. So it's like, wow, sometimes, you know, and it's, 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 it is a hundred percent. Like I listened to some of the stuff you're like, that's a different person. Well, 2006, are you kidding me? Like these music, like I was a freaking child. Like I, I, you know, even looking back at pictures, I was with this half album. I'm making these, uh, I'm making a box set of 15 CDs and a little booklet. And so I'm going back through all these like pictures to try and find, find like photos of me, um, in those years when the album was yeah, released yeah. and just seeing that. And then like being able to put that over the music and being, just being like, wow, like I don't even, that doesn't even feel like me. Like I remember that and it just feels so, this is weird about memory and about pictures and recording this stuff is just like, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it does feel like a completely different person, but I know that that does stuff that, that it's both me and both not, you know, it's both, definitely is me but it's definitely a different me right and you know it doesn't have you don't have to get too philosophical philosophical at the end of it, but, <laughs> but it, it is interesting though that as far as everybody else is concerned it, th- those 15 things were made by the same person whereas kind of your reality is more that actually it's 15 mm-hmm. different people who are related in some way yeah i would agree with that yeah it's def- everyone's i mean physically too right i mean from my understanding we we become a whole new set of molecules or something there's some some statistic like that every every so often you know we we be, we are literally if you're if you're gonna even if you're a materialist right and want to just you know like a lot of science science dogma and science today is very material oriented and even that even from that perspective if you're if you're a bunch of, if you're a completely different set of atoms and molecules right 
Yeah, yeah. Technically speaking, you are completely different. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's some genetic markers that say the same, but like, yeah, I mean, but I, I, uh, I like that idea of, I think, I think it was like Tesla had some of the ideas and then there's this, uh, this, this, uh, have you heard of, uh, I think he went to Cambridge, Dr. Rupert Sheldrake. Uh, no, I don't know. Really. He's repopularizing these like different hypotheses of, uh, morphogenetic resonance which is an interesting you know thing about resonance you know speaking about sound here is is essentially like the idea that there are resonances in each each creature um that has to do with the changes of our genes and about how, like the and i guess the, the skinny of his of his theory is is uh that human bodies are more like television sets and consciousness is like a television signal. And so based on the genetic code of each individual creature, depending on what they're born as or whatever, they're given, they have certain level, certain amounts of instructions in the, in the genes, right. In the genetics, but then there's this other element of this kind of consciousness or this other force that kind of helps guide guide that growth right it's like when you look at two cell when you look at a cell and then it goes into mitosis right and it just breaks into two how the hell does it know it's going to be a horse or if it's going to be a human right like i'm sure it's a lot of it's genetic you know with the genetic code but there's there's still a lot of question as to like some of that inner workings there's you know we don't know that fully and it's, it's an interesting theory just about the collective kind of a more collective trying to understand and make sense of people like Carl Jung's work of, with the collective unconscious. Right. But like trying to understand that from a more material or like, try, how can we come up with actual physical models to try and figure that out as opposed to just being more psychological theory, you know, musings of, of alchemists, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty, uh, pretty mind blowing stuff when you start going into all of this stuff, isn't it? Right? <laughs> yeah. It's all resonance. Here I come and here I go off along the dusty road to hell. To hell! To hell! So join my table for more wine. What's mine is yours, but what's yours is certainly mine. Child is mine. It's mine. 
kiss will tell you this Your nakedness reveals you are a slave So be For listening, many, many thanks to Colour for participating once again in the ragbag world. Check out his website, colour.com, that's C-U-L-L-A-H. I was going to spell it all out in the phonetic alphabet, <laughs> but that might just confuse everybody. I don't know. Is that an international thing? I don't know. Charlie, Uniform, Lima Lima. Alpha Hotel. Is that does that mean anything to the international listeners, or is that just a UK thing? I wonder. I wonder. Watch.